Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. We are in part four of our series, Scriptures for the Season. And we've been trying within this series to really, really help you focus on God's Word during this crazy season. And today's Scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. And it says this here. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. I want to say that scripture one more time. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For God has not given us, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Church, I need you to hear this and get this scripture, God's word, in your heart and spirit today. Let me say it one more time. For God has not given us, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I think that there is one thing that is truly clear about this season we've been in. It is that, is that this season has, has shown and exposed what kind of spirit or spirits people are filled with, <laughs> right? One thing that my personal pastor, Pastor Patrick Grash, always says, he says this, what fills somebody will eventually at some point spill out of them. Right? And whenever you think about the kind of season we've, we've been in personally and within our country, it is insane to see what has been spilling out of people. Hate, anger, apathy, divisiveness. But I would probably say the biggest thing the, that we have seen uh, personally and corporately is we have seen the spirit of fear spill out of people, right? Because, I mean, honestly, think about it. Think of all the things we've been fearful of, fearful of the virus and, and, you know, and personally us getting it or somebody we know getting it. Losing money, losing jobs, losing friends, the fear of their political candidate possi- possibly losing, right? I mean, there is this overarching, almost, almost stifling and crippling sense of just Fear. And the truth about fear is this. Fear is a powerful motivator. And our media centers, our f- Facebook pages, our, our, I don't know, Instagram page, any, anything, it is consistently spoon-feeding and throwing and, and trying to put in, in your line of sight and thought. Just it's spoon-feeding you fear. Why? Because fear can rule you and control you and guide you and lead you. And that is why I think today, 2 Timothy 1 7 needs to be a scripture that you put in your mind, heart, and soul during this season. Why? Because it reminds you God has not given you a spirit to be led by a fear, but actually what He's given you is a spirit of power, of love, and of actually self discipline. Right? Because honestly, what we see in, in scripture is, is that. Is, is that when Christians are pressured, 
when Christians are squeezed, when we are currently living in the times we currently are, right? Like that what should be squeezing out of us should be evidences of the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us, right? Now, now the, the, the truth is, right, when, whenever you personally hear those words, the Holy Spirit, um, Christians, non-Christians, whatever, they get a bunch of different connotations with that words or, or with those words, the Holy Spirit, right? Because honestly, right, if you've grown up in church like myself, you associate the Holy Spirit with people speaking in tongues, going all buck wild crazy up in church, fall, falling over, getting the, you know, the purple cloths and putting them over people. Some of you, you grew up in churches, you hear the words, the Holy Spirit, and you're just like, um, yeah, that was for the, for the church back, back then, but not really right now. Or, or some of you, you're, you're, brand, you're, you're brand new to the faith and you're like, there, there's this Holy Spirit. What even is that, right? But the truth is this, right? 2 Timothy 1, 7 tells us that you have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit from God that will give you power, love, and self-discipline. And, and today, I believe it's really important that, that I remind you today of the Spirit of God that as a Christ follower, you have been given and promised by God. And really, if I was to give you a word that really describes how the church individually and corporately has treated the Holy Spirit, I would use this word, forgotten. Forgotten. Francis Chan, a great Christian writer, he actually wrote a book on the Holy Spirit that he called Forgotten God. Why? Because honestly, within our lives and within the church, we, ha- we have taken the Holy Spirit and put him within a corner or put him in timeout and basically said, yeah, do you know what? We love certainty. We love pr- pragmatism. We love to do things physically and, and basically essentially what we have, have done is because the Holy Spirit can sometimes be unpredictable, can sometimes guide us and lead us to do things that we aren't comfortable with, our natural reaction to that can actually be to take the Holy Spirit and put him somewhere instead of being the centerpiece and center point of our lives and of our churches. Back in January at a service at our church, back when we actually did have services at Regal, there was, there was a service uh, on a Sunday in late January. Um, I think it was the second, I think it was the, the second service, the, ten, the 1030 service of the final Sunday in January. Um, right after worship, it would, you know, there was kind of a quiet contemplative time happening the the worship stopped and and the keyboard was playing and it was just this real soft sense presence of God there and I'm just sitting there praying and thinking and then all of a sudden somebody within within our service starts 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 speaking in tongues loudly in the middle of the service, in the theater, someone just starts yelling out, speaking in tongues. Now, honestly, I will tell you, when that happened, that had never happened at our church before ever. And I was a little concerned because I was like, I know what's going on. 
I know what's going on here, the Holy Spirit speaking, but at the same time, I know that there are probably people within our church saying, what in God's holy name is going on? What is that person saying? And honestly, I just remember being, being, being like, uh, what, do, what do I do? So then I, I was like, okay, 1 Corinthians 12 says that if, if someone shares a, you know, a public tongue, they are to, to then go, and what someone shared in tongues has got to be interpreted. So I was like, okay, once this is done, I'm going to go up there and, and basically throw out, if there's somebody that heard something, uh, translatable, someone that, that really deciphered what was being said in tongues and wants to actually share that with us, would you actually say something? And that's what we did. Uh, and, and we had a great lady f- from the church say, hey, look, what I heard her saying was, and it really was a powerful moment within our church that people remember greatly, even though it, it, even though it was different. Even though it, it wasn't, it wasn't n- n- you know, normally what we do we don't normally have people speak 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 in tongues but at the same time it was something different that because it was different I was really nervous and really the problem was this I felt out of control because typically our services are pretty controlled they're they're pretty liturgical they're pretty the same thing each week but this was out of the normal and really the crazy thing was right after that happened I felt like Right after that service, it was almost the Holy Spirit spoke to me. God spoke to me, and God said this. Can I get a few minutes of your service, please? You were so just, like, concerned about speaking in tongues and, you know, and it being seen as weird, abnormal, whatever. But it was almost like the Holy Spirit said, I can break into a service whenever I want to, however I want to. The question is this, do you want me to? And that was a hard question because I was like, of course. But then the Holy, the Holy Spirit said, are you willing for it to look different? Right? And it was just like, oh, oh, dang, right? But the truth is this, right? The Holy Spirit does look different. And the question is, are we going to do what? Allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us because the truth is this, right? Whenever you look in scripture, there's, there, there is so much that I could say and point out and teach you about the Holy Spirit. But one specific thing that I believe is super important is this. Jesus himself, right? Whenever he was talking to his, to his disciples and he was explaining to them the fact of, look, I'm leaving. Like, I, you know what? I'm gonna come to this earth, die on the cross in your place and for your sins. And then I am going to the Father because I have accomplished my purpose on this planet. And he was explaining to his disciples and trying to let them know, you're not going to see me, but that is okay. What did he tell his followers about when he was going to go and what he would actually leave them to be with them? It's actually found in John chapter 16, verse number seven. Jesus said this, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Let me translate for you what Jesus is saying here. He's saying this, it's better that I leave because when I'm gone, then I can send you the Holy Spirit to be with you and dwell in you and to guide you and to lead you. He was saying the Spirit of God is better for you than the physical presence of Jesus himself. Now, isn't this the typical like, we don't, like, like, you know, all of us are like, no, I'd rather have a physical Jesus. I would rather see Jesus in the flesh. I would rather see Jesus here right now. But Jesus himself, he told his disciples, it's better for you. 
Why? Because then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus doing this. Acts chapter 2, the history of the church. It starts off, the church did not begin until the Holy Spirit was given. The Holy Spirit came down and the church exploded. And why am I telling you this? Why? Because I think as Christians, we have forgotten what God has given us, and that is himself through the Holy Spirit. And if we are going to survive, but not just survive, thrive in these insane, in these insane times that we're in, you Christians, you've got to be reminded of the gift you have been given. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 says something that I've heard so many times, but I believe we forget and that, and that today you need to be reminded of. This is what it says, 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. It says this here, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Just, just feel the weight of the fact of, as a Christian, your physical body is described here as being the temple the dwelling place where God himself dwells through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, get, just, just feel the weight of that. Some of you are like, I don't feel that way. <laughs> Some of you are like, I feel like I am the temple for something else, but not the Holy Spirit. But that's why you've got to be reminded today as a follower of Jesus Christ. He has not left you by yourself. He has put himself, he has put himself through his spirit and filled you with it. But right, the question is this, right? You might say, John, then why don't I feel power? Why don't I feel love? Why don't I have any self-discipline? <laughs> you, you might be like, John, I don't have any outside evidences that the Holy Spirit is filling me, right? One, one funny illustration that I was thinking of, right? What, what if I told you uh, that I had an encounter with God where he entered my body and gave me a supernatural ability to play basketball. Wouldn't you expect to see an, an absolutely amazing improvement in my jump shot, my defense, and my speed on the court? After all, this is God we're talking about filling me. And if you saw no change in my athleticism, wouldn't you question the validity of my claim that I had a supernatural encounter with God. Yeah. And really, honestly, that's what I think people are wondering. We follow the God of all creation, heaven, earth. We follow the God that made everything, every, everybody. We follow, and I mean, Jesus, you know, it's like, we've, then where is the, here's the, here's the key word here, evidence. Where is the evidences of that, that we are temples and that the spirit of God fills us. I don't know about you, but honestly, since I became a Christian, it's almost as if, as if inside of me, there is this battle between two operating systems that want to be in, that, that want to be in control. I've got this part of, uh, you know, I, I've got this part inside of, uh, of me that is the Holy Spirit saying, I want to rule you and control you, guide you and lead you. But then I've got this flesh part of me that is almost fighting saying, nope, I'm, I, I, I still want to be in control. And really what you feel is you almost feel this tension, this conflict going on. I want to let you know that is absolutely normal. I love what Paul says here in Galatians 5, verse number 16, and, and we're going to go through verse number 18. This is what it says here. Paul says, so, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing 
what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, this is what it says here, these two forces are consistently fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Have you felt this? You've got this side of you, you want to please God, the spirit inside you saying, please me, but then you've got this other side of you that's just like, why do I want to kill people, hurt people, say the wrong thing, do things with people I shouldn't want to do? Why does that still go on? And what I want to tell you is this, one of the actual evidences that that the Holy Spirit is working within you is that conflict. Some of you think because you've got conflict going on, what do I want to do? Who am I going to, you know, who am I going to obey? You might think because you, you know, because you struggle that that is evidence that you aren't following God. No, but, but honestly, I think the struggle shows that that is internal evidence that the Holy Spirit is inside of you wanting to work inside of you. We've got to see struggling differently. The struggle is the evidence that, 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 that is evidence that the Holy Spirit is within you and wants to shape and form more of who Jesus is within you, but you do have your flesh fighting. And that fighting of the flesh shows that the Holy Spirit is trying to work inside of you. But Paul continues on. He says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of, of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What kind of fruit is your life producing? Is there outside evidence that the Spirit of God, God himself through his Spirit is inside of you, creating, molding, and shaping, and developing these qualities is what is being shown and exposed from your life right right now. Would it be defined as love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness or self-control? Or is what is inside of you right now being exposed as what Paul said before that, saying what the sinful nature, what that flesh part of us wants to actually show? What is your life producing? And then Paul here in chapter five actually says this one statement. He says this, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now that's a very popular phrase in, in Christian world. Like, like this be led to the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you. And really, I don't know if we really actually know what that is. So what I wanna do right now is get really, really practical with you. And just to say, okay, if God said, he's not given us a spirit of fear that we're not to be governed by, Fear, but we're called to be people of love and power and self-discipline, that we actually have the spirit of God within us, and that is to have internal evidence, but also external evidence. How do we submit to, follow, and be led by the power of the Holy Spirit in these crazy times? Let me get practical with you. First off, you've got to unfollow whatever else is leading you, and you've got to examine what else is leading you. I love what, what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. He said this, don't drink too much wine for many evils lie with that path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled 
by him. Now, the truth is this, right? I think we could also sub, sub, substitute here alcohol or drinking for so many other things that we could possibly be led by. But Paul here said, look, one of the things you can be led by, governed by, comforted by, is drinking. It's basically saying you can be so consumed with trying to escape your life that you will find alternate realities, alternate ways to get out of your current reality, that that you'll drink yourself drunk so you don't have to face yourself or fight. It is a way for you just to escape. And what Paul is saying here is don't be filled with wine. Be filled with what God has given you to survive and thrive on this planet. And that is himself through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit within your life. Really what I think Paul's saying here is this. What is is your go-to? What is your go-to? What else is leading you? What else is comforting you? Because honestly, I think one of the the big reasons why that's so many of us are not led by the Holy Spirit is because you're being led by something or somebody else. And the first step is to realize who or what you are being led by and to surrender and to submit and be like, Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. A couple months back, I went to a pat to I went to a past to to a pastoral retreat. And on this pastoral retreat, one of the things they had us do was process and walk through Psalm chapter twenty Three, which, you know, which if you've been to church any amount of time, you probably know that by, by heart. But the first verse I had known pretty much my entire life, but at the same time never caught the power of it. And what Psalm 23, 1 says is this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I sh-. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, just kind of the word picture of shepherding, basically saying, the Lord himself guides me and he guides me to places where I know and I am sure of and I am convinced of because I have him, I have all I need. And what I felt like the Lord convicted me of is he said this, John, you've loved me, but you have not let me be your shepherd or leader. I believe you can love Jesus, you can love him, You can say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross in my place and for my sin, and he can be your savior, but you actually miss out on him being Lord because he isn't the one guiding you and shepherding you and leading you, and you've got somebody else or some other thing leading or guiding you, even though you do have a true, sincere love for Jesus. And I just, like, God just smacked me across the face. He was like, you love me, but you have let fear, acceptance, church growth culture, lead you. And the thing it says here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The promise is here, if the Lord shepherds you and leads you and guides you, you come to a place of total contentment because it's not what you have. You realize it's who you have. You have the God that owns the cattle on it. That You got the God that has no lack. And think about what drives fear. It's lack. What is the root of fear? It's I don't have. And that's why he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Basically saying, I've got God. He's got everything that I, that, that I personally need. Therefore, I don't have to walk in fear or discontent because I know who I have. I'm not just concerned with what I have because if you know who you have, then you know you've got all that you need. And I just felt it was, it was just like God saying, look, you just not need to love me. You need to be led by me.
And I believe today there are so many of you right now in that same spot. That God showed me that, not just for myself, but for you. That you love Jesus with all of your heart, but there is somebody or something else that, is being, that, that you are being shepherded by and led by, and it's, and it's taking you to places where it leaves you wanting. It is not shepherding you to, to, to a place of contentment. It's shepherding you and guiding you to, to, to a place of want. And what I believe today that God wants to say is the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and be your shepherd and be your guide. Secondly, though, learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. Read, learn, and, uh, and actually obey the Bible. I'm going to get on a soapbox, all right? I just got on one. All right, this, this like, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit wrote this book. Second, Second Timothy 3 says this, for all scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God, and is what? Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we all may be equipped for every good work. What that says is these are the very inspired words of God written not just by people, written by the Holy Spirit himself, God himself, through, through people. And what irritates me is that when people say, I don't know where the Spirit's leading. I just don't know where the Spirit's going. And I just believe God's like, I literally wrote a book for you. I literally put down into words how God has worked throughout history's past, will we'll be working in future's present, and how God wants to work right now in your life. He used people to write down inspired words, Holy Spirit-inspired words from God himself to say, this is who God is, this is what God's like, and this is God's will for you. Y'all, if we're gonna submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we've gotta submit ourselves to the very book that the Holy Spirit himself wrote. And it just boggles my mind how people can be like, oh man, you know, what is God saying? When you won't even obey the clear written word of God, but you want God to, to just suddenly speak to you in your dreams. I just believe we've got to walk, bef- we've got to crawl before we can walk, crawl before we can actually run. And some of you, you just, this is your first step, is obeying this. It is saying, Holy Spirit, you wrote this book and I want to dig in and find out what the Holy Spirit has said through this book. I'm coming off my soapbox now, all right? But it, I, I don't know, it burns my heart. It's just like, y'all, like we, we've got to see the Holy Spirit will guide you, lead you, but also too, we can't forget the most clear expression of what the Holy Spirit has written for us and how if we follow this book, we are literally following the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wrote this book. All right, I'm off of that soapbox. Anyway, third, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Ready? It's really, it's really simple. Welcome him. Welcome him. Sometimes I feel really, I don't know, weird is the right word, but it is an act of faith preaching about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you've got so many, why? Because you've got so many preconceived notions. And really, I wish we could just flush those down a toilet and just flush our experiences, our bad theology, and just open this book and be like, if we didn't read anything else, if we didn't know anything else, if we just came to the Bible and said, what is the Holy Spirit's role and job and purpose in our lives? I think we would be completely overwhelmed with the gift we have been given through the Holy Spirit. But honestly, when I see of just like what, you know, and then it's, it's just like, because honestly, when I say, welcome the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can't be seen. I mean, I literally feel like I'm just telling you, hey, w- welcome something you can't see. And honestly, that requires faith. 
that requires you believing that God is who God says he is and that God's word is true. And that when I tell you and that when I preach to you, just say, welcome, welcome him into your life. That is an act of faith of saying, you know, you know what? Like God, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm gonna welcome him. Cause honestly, the Holy Spirit goes where the Holy Spirit is welcome. And that's within churches. That's within individual lives. But what I've seen when there is a step back on, on, on the control factor and you say, Spirit of God, I want you to take over. It can be one of the most heart racing things, but at the same time, you've been holding on to control for so long. When you give God control, it, it can be intimidating. But honestly, I believe today that what so many of you now watching need to do to replace the spirit of fear that is governing you, you need to back off and you literally need to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed into my life. Holy Spirit, you are, I give you control and authority to shape and form me to be like Jesus. I love what Paul prayed for the church in Corinth right at the very end. This is what Paul prayed and that I'm praying for you today. Paul said this, may the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And that's what I'm praying, that as you just right now welcome him into your life. If that's you watching right now and you just want to say, I need what, I've been, what I'm being governed by, what I'm being controlled by. It, it could be alcohol. It could be fear. It could be divisiveness. It could be anger. It could be worry. It could be anxiety. Whatever you're being led by t- today, I want to invite you to welcome and be reminded of the Holy Spirit that God has given you to dwell in you, to do what? To give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And also what 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.